It's time to talk about infidelity. I was recently contacted by Curve Media. They are currently developing a feature-length documentary that will tell the full story of an affair. Told in the past tense, the film will explore infidelity and its consequences with empathy and honesty. We need to break the silence. They would love to talk to you. If you are willing to have an off-the-record conversation to find out more, please get in touch with them at theaffair@curvemedia.com. Check out today's episode notes for more information. Rod Truth podcasts may contain explicit, sensitive, and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or other medical professional. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Women's lives follow many paths, twists and turns, and choices never planned nor expected. In life, temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness can lead a good person to make a choice that they can't take back. When facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. In this podcast, you will hear stories from women who made the choice to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, stories of female infidelity an anonymous and no-judgment podcast created and hosted by me, Rebecca Adams. I was an unfaithful wife. You are not alone. Hello and welcome to Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Hope all has been going well for you. Hard to believe that we're already at the end of January. Where is the time going? Today's story is about Tegan. This will actually end up being a three-episode story, so hang in there. We'll be talking about her here for the next couple of weeks. And let's go ahead and just get started with part one of Tegan's story. I was raised in a religious household with a weekend alcoholic father. During the week, he was a great dad, but every Saturday, him and his buddies would get wasted. When I was about six or seven, I got molested by my 11-year-old cousin. My parents still don't know to this day. I was a fat kid, bullied tremendously for being huge. I felt fat and unloved despite having what seemed like the perfect life. I grew up in a trailer park. I witnessed a lot of sexual and physical abuse. I was saving myself for marriage because that's what good girls do. I had my first boyfriend at the age of 12. The furthest we got was French kissing. He was also dating three other girls at the same time. It was the summer before I turned 13 that changed my life. I had become best friends with an older girl named Katie. She was 16, but kind of young for her age. I started smoking for the buzz. Then realizing it controlled my appetite, I went at it hard. I lost a bunch of weight, 50 pounds, and started to feel good about myself. I started dating a Hispanic man who was 21. Yes, that's right. He was legally able to buy alcohol, and I had just turned 13. 
He tried to get me to have sex with him on a couple of occasions, but I always said no. I was a virgin. I was saving myself for marriage. He laughed at me. One night, three weeks into dating, he had called me up to his room. He was drunk. Him and his roommates were having a party. When I got up there, he called me to the bathroom. With a pounding in my heart, I slowly walked in there. It's like I knew what he wanted. We started kissing, but as usual, I pushed his hands away from private areas. He dropped his pants and was naked from the waist down. He kept pleading with me as he rubbed his cock on me. I was terrified. I pushed him away, and he pulled up his pants with a look of disgust and anger in his eyes. He said something in Spanish and stormed out. I sat on the toilet and bawled. I felt like shit. I let him on. If only I wasn't such a wuss. I ruined everything for my stupid morals. I ran into my friend Lisa on my way out. She confronted him after she found out what happened. I took off. I couldn't take any more embarrassment. As I was on the sidewalk, he ran up to apologize. I, of course, forgave him, and we set up a meeting the following weekend. This time, he wanted me to lie to my parents about staying at my friend Jane's place. My parents bought it, and we all partied out in a wildlife refuge. He kept feeding me Zimas, and I was plastered. I could hardly walk. Then... He took me behind the porta potties. I lost my virginity behind a biffy. I was so drunk I barely remembered anything. I remembered thinking the trees were moving and my limbs were immobilized. I burnt my panties when I got to my friend's house. I was devastated that I had sex, albeit I didn't call it rape until four years ago. I loved him. We were going to get married. But then I found out he was fucking one of my best friends behind my back the entire time we were together. Sorry for the long background, but it all plays a role. Fast forward to dating a transgendered female after him. Then I was raped by a friend of my older brother's. I had known this guy since I was three. I ran into him at the beach when my friend Bailey and I were walking around the lake. He invited us to a party that was happening right outside the trailer park. Needless to say, we both lied to our parents that we would be at each other's houses. Him and a buddy brought us out into the woods because there wasn't enough alcohol for everyone. I was excited to be getting drunk with my older brother's friend. I felt cool. Then my friend ditched me to go find a guy she liked. I was drunk in the woods alone with two 22-year-old men. Simon started kissing me and telling me how pretty I was. He leaned me back till my head was in Zack's lap. I attempted to get up, but Zack held my wrists. I was drunk, so it's not like I put up much of a fight. I remember feeling pain. That this wasn't right. This isn't what I wanted. Simon got done and said next to Zack. I was able to say no and push myself up in a sitting position. 
From there, it was chaos with them getting arrested, and my friend Bailey and I went to court for the next four months. I was harassed by Simon's family to drop the charges. I was called a whore or a slut by half the town, depending on whose side they were on. Throughout my adolescence, I went on a path of dating and having sex with whomever I wanted. I figured if men were going to take it, then I would decide when I would give it. I was troubled. Those two went to jail for seven months for statutory rape, and since I didn't say no officially, the court didn't consider it non-consensual sex. It was 1995 and the laws were different then. All I wanted was to have a good guy, but kept picking losers. They were all druggies or alcoholics, half cheated, half treated me like shit, sometimes all of the above. My weight would fluctuate. When I was comfortable in a relationship, I was 210 pounds. When single, I was down to 165. I hated myself. I numbed out with pot and alcohol. I gave up on religion. My first serious relationship was with a guy named Kurt. I was 17. He was the first guy to stick by my side. Literally. We slept together the first night we spent time alone. After that, he moved in with my parents and I. We were together for four years. He proposed after two. I told him I didn't want to get married until I was 21. I wanted to be able to legally drink at my wedding. That relationship was shit. It should have ended after two years. I tried to break it off three times. Every time he pleaded that he would change. He was a deadbeat. He sold drugs to help out with bills. I would go bust my ass for eight to ten hours a day and then come home to a house full of high assholes. I thought he was just selling pot, not saying that that makes it any better. However, he was also selling meth. I had no idea. All the signs were there, but I was young. Kurt and I had no relationship for the last two years. He sat in his room getting high off meth and playing video games. I had no idea he was on it. I just assumed he was an asshole. We had nothing in common. I ended up meeting a guy at work who was 14 years older. He was charismatic. The sex was intense. I drove through a blizzard to hook up with him. That went on for three months until Kurt literally busted me at this guy's house. It got ugly. I chose Bruce, the guy from work, which set Kurt off. He stalked me, physically abused me, mentally abused me. One time on my way to Bruce's house, Kurt tried to stop me. He followed me to a gas station. At the gas pump, he grabbed me by the throat. Luckily, there was another bigger guy at the opposing pumps that intervened. Kurt jumped into his car and took off. The guy asked me if I was okay, and I lied, saying that I was. Kurt was waiting around the corner, and we ended up in a high-speed chase from my hometown to my parents' house, about six miles. He would get in front of me and lock up his brakes. I am surprised no one called the cops, but there weren't cell phones back then. It was 2001. 
Maybe some people did, but not in our small, poor town. Anyway, he chased me to my mom's and I got out of my car. He didn't dare mess with me there. My parents still liked him. I hadn't told them the truth about what was going on. After that, he choked me one other time when I was trying to get him to leave. I called 911 and he hung up the phone. They called back right away. He had me pinned, but I told him if I didn't answer, they would send the cops. I tried to talk to the operator out of sending the cops, but they were already on the way. I didn't press charges, but the cops gave him a warning. I think they could see the marks on my neck. It took a lot to get him out of my trailer. You would think that I would have learned not to be a cheater. I had and have cheated on every single person I've ever dated. There are many different reasons for my cheating. Revenge, boredom, loneliness, hell, even due to being horny. Bruce didn't last that long. That sex was hot until we moved in together. He moved out after six months, but would come by to fuck once a week. And that is where my husband comes in. I met my husband in a bar. It was Halloween night. We were dressed up. I ended up dancing with him on the dance floor. We chatted on the sideline. I remember looking into his beautiful blue eyes and knowing we were meant to be together. It was supposed to be a one-night stand, but he found me intriguing, so he kept coming back. He was everything I never had. He didn't smoke or do drugs. He had just gotten out of the military. He was raised in a good family. Small town, just like me. His parents are still together. We had a rocky start. He broke up with me twice. The first time was after seven months of dating. I ended up cheating on him with a guy from the club. I was out with my girlfriends and this guy was hitting on me hard. I told him he could go down on me and that was it. So, off to his truck we went. I don't even remember his name. I felt like Peyton, my then future husband, was going to break up with me anyway, so I was trying to make it hurt less. It was a month after that that he told me that he felt like my smoking was an issue and the fact I didn't express any emotion except happiness. Oh, and let's not forget, he legit said that I was like a sister to him. I was devastated. We got back together three months later. I told him what I did at the club that night. I wanted to start with a clean slate. I quit smoking and went on the patch. I was on it for two years. I had been flip-flopping between two guys that summer after we broke up. They were both hot, but they weren't Peyton. We moved fast. I moved in with him and his roommate after being back with him for three months. He is an avid snowmobiler, so he would often take trips out of town with his snowmobiling buddies. He ended up having a one-night stand with some bartender out in Michigan. He didn't tell me right away. I found out when she texted him after we had sex that night. I lost it. I started smoking again. Also got high. Anything to numb the pain. We worked through it. 
he vowed he would never do it again. So, of course, he bought a house four months later and we moved in together. Things were good for a few months. After five months, he started to act weird. He was coming home later than usual. He was talking on his phone in other rooms, which he never did before. Mind you, I should know better. New Year's came and we were hosting a party. Needless to say, there was a blizzard that evening and only seven people made it, all my friends. Peyton joined the party for a total of an hour. I went to go find him multiple times, every time he was on his phone. Still, I was an idiot. Two weeks later, he broke up with me. Again, he told me he wasn't feeling it and that he thought we were more just friends. There was no one else. I moved into the spare bedroom. I went to my friend Jade's house. I couldn't eat. I went out every weekend with my friends. I made plans. I stayed busy. It was a week after becoming roommates that I snooped through his phone. My intuition was right. He dumped me for his ex, which was his first love and sex partner. I read through the messages that made my blood boil on top of my stomach dropping. And that ends today's episode, part one with Tegan. So, in part two, we will learn more about her story and where things went with her husband. I appreciate everybody tuning in today, but before I go, just a couple of things. If you have not subscribed yet to Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams, now is definitely the time. I have a new website. Even if you go to the old one, it'll automatically move you to the new one, but it's called rawtruthpodcasts.com. And you can subscribe from there. But this week's episode on Let's Ponder is about limerence. And, you know, we've talked about that a little bit. It's that feeling of, oh my gosh, I met somebody. I'm totally head over heels in love. What am I going to do? Kind of a thing. So check that out over there. Also, I am still collecting stories for two new podcasts that I have in the works. One is called Raped. So men or women who have experienced forced sex. The second topic is called Why Me? I Was an Innocent Child, talking about child sex abuse. So many of these stories, even today's, for example, starts off with somebody being sexually molested. It is unbelievable how many children this happens to. It is just sickening. And and it happened to me. It did. And it's heartbreaking. And so I'm doing these stories, again, more for people to get out their stories. So they can talk about it. They can get it out. They're angry. They're hurt. They're frustrated. They can write it out. It'll get shared. They do not go unheard. They are heard. So if this sounds like something you've been through, or you know somebody, please let them know they can contact me. We'll talk about it. We'll get their story out there. And what's different with these ones is the people can choose to to speak their own story if they would like. It can be anonymous like I do with this podcast, or they can be heard with their own voices. It's up to them. So thank you again for being here. And we'll be back in one week with part two of Tegan's story. 
On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. But I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when he uncovered the truth. One week prior to finding her date book and confronting her, I received a letter. It was very disrespectful to me. It said, Wake up and smell the coffee. Your whore of a wife is out running around with every man that will talk to her and you act as if nothing is going on. She is having an affair with Joe. She has been ever since you have been married and dated him the whole time she was expecting. You almost caught them the other week. His motorcycle will go up in those woods. She is most likely with him right now. To hear exclusive stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship, have early access to regular episodes ad-free and more extras, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as only $4 a month. You have been listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of Raw Truth Podcasts is truly appreciated. When you visit the website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com, you will find the story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon for exclusive episodes, and to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to my other podcast, Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams, where taboo topics are discussed. To submit your female infidelity story, share feedback, or have general questions about the show, please email rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. Stories shared will be read without judgment and always anonymously. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is written, produced, and edited by Rebecca Adams. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Be kind to one another. Be kind to yourself. And always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.